welcome back to Making Sense of Money, a podcast dedicated to making financial concepts a little bit easier to understand. I'm Andrea Pellegrini, one of your co-hosts. And I am Nikki Jankola-Shanks, another one of your co-hosts. Today, Andrew and I are going to be a little bit of a different type of episode because we are going to be giving you lots of info about two specific, distinct, different programs. One is the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program, otherwise known as PSLF. And the other is going to be specifically about President Biden's mass debt cancellation announcement. They were all kind of rolled together as a package, but there are different things you need to do for each. So Andrew and I are going to try to break those down. And there's different deadlines. So we want to emphasize the first program that has the earlier deadline right now. So we're going to talk about public service loan forgiveness first. So historically, public service loan forgiveness has been a program around since like 2007 to help encourage more college graduates to do public service work. And and there's lots of different types of public service work that qualify. But for this program, you had to be in a qualifying repayment plan in a working full-time for a qualifying employer and make 120 qualifying payments towards a qualifying federal loan. There's lots of qualifications. And so that meant that because there were so many qualifications, that it was hard to manage, right? It was hard to manage as a consumer. It was hard to manage from a servicing capacity, from the Department of Education capacity. And so there's some recent changes that have been made, temporary changes, and some actions required to take advantage of those. So I'm going to let Nikki talk about kind of some of the things to pay attention to with that. So first, let's kind of break down the the four parts that Andrea talked about, because I feel like that's a little bit easier to understand. The first one that's the easiest to understand is the right full-time job. What is the right full-time job? It is a public service job. Whenever you're like, huh, does my, my employment, would that qualify? I want you to think of the purpose of why this program was created back in 2007. And the purpose was to encourage people to go into public sector work as opposed to private sector work. So public school teachers, public universities such as Andrea, right? Like she works at University of for University of Illinois Extensions. Not extension. Not extension. <laughs> Sorry. I do work for University of Illinois system. <laughs> yes. Sorry. So University of Illinois system, myself working for the for the state of Illinois, that also includes local units of government. So if you work for a municipality or a village, all of those counts as if it's a public service of some kind and it is a full-time job you qualify and so this also includes nonprofits and how they're defining nonprofits is 501c3 designated organization so you have to have that tax exempt kind of employer for that nonprofit employer to qualify so 
that's kind of the big, the easiest part of this, right? All right, I think I have a public service job. I may qualify. The other part of this is the right number of payments. It is 120 payments. 120 payments is 10 years of service. So we sometimes get other questions such as, can I make double payments? And can I? No, because if you pay double for one month, hoping that counts as two months of service, again, think about the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law was to encourage and get people into public service. So they want 10 years of public service from you. All right. So those are kind of the two things that throughout this entire process that we're going to talk about has not changed. You need the right job and the right number of payments. Now is where it gets a little bit tricky. <laughs> Let's start with the right loan. You need to have what's called, a. first of all, all of this is only for federal loans. If you have a private loan, I am sorry, but private loans do not qualify for a federal program. They don't have jurisdiction over private. It's just for federal what they can control. For the federal loans, right now, since about after 2010, the most common, almost all loans are what's called direct loans with the federal government. However, previous to that, there were a ton of different types of loans, right, Andrea? There was just for federal. We're not even talking about private. Like private's a right. mess now. Just for federal, there were a ton of different types. They were called different things. Even direct was previously called Stafford, but it's actually direct. The full name was like Stafford Direct Education Loan, regardless. And there's different types of direct loans too, but direct loans are the only ones that qualify for PSLF. But again, back to Nikki on the history of federal loans being mess. So probably if you're listening, you're like, well, I don't have a direct direct loan. You may have had what's ca called a fell loan or a commercially held fell loan or a Perkins loan or a Stafford loan. Or there, there were a whole bunch of different loans before what is called the PSLF waiver that President Biden has put into place. If you had any of those other loans, even if you worked in public service, you would be denied loan forgiveness. So again, FEL, which stands for Family Federal Education Loans, Stafford Direct, even if you were a teacher for 10 years and you went to go apply for this forgiveness, you found out, oh, sorry, you had a Perkins loan? Too bad, so sad, you're denied. In order to fix this from now until October 31st of this year, so like a month and a half, yeah. if you turn paper, you could consolidate those loans that previously did not qualify. You can consolidate them all into a direct loan and they will qualify for PSLF. And just like a quick reminder, consolidation and refinancing are different. Consolidate into direct loan, it makes it a federal loan. If you refinance your loans, it is a private loan then. You took all of your federal loans, turned them into a private loan, do not qualify. So just keep that in mind if you're looking to make this change. Make sure to consolidate 
don't refinance because there's going to be scams around consolidation and refinancing and don't confuse them. If you were like, oh man, I guess I'm going to use teacher as an example because I was a former teacher and I'm currently helping a lot of teachers do this. So it's the example that is on my mind constantly. You're like, I've been a teacher for 12 years and I had a Pell loan. You're like, oh, well now if you fill out the form and you consolidate your loans into a direct loan, you will now qualify for the forgiveness program. And all your previous payments on that loan qualify, right? Correct. That's a big piece. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So for example, in the case that I just said, teacher who's been teaching 12 years, she would consolidate all of her, her loans into a direct loan. She checked to make sure she was on the right payment plan, which we'll get to. She'll turn in a form and her loan balance will be forgiven because she already worked 10 years in public service. And, and I just want to emphasize, because I don't think I emphasized it enough when we first started talking about the public service loan forgiveness program. After you make those 10 years of payments, the remaining balance that you owe is forgiven. It's not that they go back to all the way back to all the loans that you ever paid on. They only forgive what the remaining balance is. So that is very important when you're choosing the repayment plan, which Nikki's going to talk about. Great. So let's switch to repayment plan right now. There are many different types of payment plans, repayment plans. There's the standard payment plan. There's a graduate. There, there's so many. The ones that qualify you for this program, they are called income-driven repayment or IDR. Andrea, can you kind of explain why is it called IDR? What does that mean? So the income-driven repayment plans, there's several of them. I think there's four of them. And it's a family of repayment plans that are based on your annual gross income. And the way that they calculate how much of your income goes towards your student loans varies by which re- which one of those four income-driven repayment plans that there are. And there's a lot of them. But you need to be in an income-driven repayment plan to make the most of your forgiveness of the remaining balance. So you could, let's say you started out as a teacher and you weren't sure you were going to stay a teacher. And so you stayed in the standard repayment plan. You're not going to get docked for that, but you want to switch as soon as you figure out, hey, I want to stay in this for the whole 10 years. I want to be a teacher and I want to take advantage of public service loan forgiveness. You want to switch into an income driven repayment plan so that you are going to have a remaining balance at the end of the 10 years. Because if you stayed in the standard plan, you'd have it all paid off by the end of the 10 years. And then there'd be nothing to forgive, right? So that's why they still maintain the standard as a qualifying repayment plan, but you want to make a decision pretty early in your public service career to switch repayment plans just to maximize how much is going to be forgiven after you are in the income-driven repayment plan for the rest of your payments. And it's important to note that if you don't choose a payment plan and you just start 
you know, your loan company just starts charging you, chances are it is a standard repayment plan. That is the most common that they will automatically put you in. So that's why you need to make sure you're on an income-driven repayment plan. Under there, there's you may qualify for, depending on your income level and, and things like that, you may qualify for different programs under the branch of income-driven repayment. But what you are looking for is an income-driven repayment plan. That is the right payment. So just like with the right loan, what the PSLF waiver does is let's say, I'm going to use that that example of 12 years, right? For 12 years, you were paying an extended graduated plan. That plan used to not qualify. And if you learned about this program, the, if you learned about PSLF in year 12, you're like, oh, sorry, you have to start all your payments again. I don't care that you gave 10 years. You need to, to teach another 10 in order to get this forgiveness. With this waiver, what they're saying is switch it now before October 31st to an income-driven repayment plan and all your past payments will count towards your 120 qualifying payments even if you were in the wrong repayment plan. So this is why we wanted to do this like short little podcast to make sure we're getting this word out because the deadline is fast approaching and you have to take steps. This is not going to happen automatically. So again, right job. You're like, yes, I'm a public servant. Check. Right number of payments. You're like, yeah, probably, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, right? Then you need the right loan. If you have any loan other than direct, you need to consolidate into a direct loan. And you need the right payment plan. If you have any payment plan other than an income-driven repayment plan, you need to switch your repayment plan. We understand that none of this is easy. Federal Student Aid does have a help tool that could hopefully help you. with this. Um, Andrew, you want to talk a little bit about the help tool? I'll talk a little bit about the help tool. So what the help tool will do is they'll have you log in to the FSA website. It will pull in your loans from the FSA dashboard, which is really convenient. You don't have to go look them up, especially if you have multiple servicers for all your federal loans. It'll pull them in. That will make it a little bit easier. They will ask you a whole bunch of different personal questions to try to make it more helpful, right? So they'll ask you things like what employer you look for. And there's even a a lookup tool to look up what your employer is based on, I think, their uh, employee ID number, which would be on your W-2. So You might need to pull out your taxes from last year in order to look for it by EIN or employee ID number. And then they'll also like ask you how many, if whether or not you've made the 120 qualifying payments already, it's kind of a self-report situation. You'll check yes, if you have, like in Nikki's example, you already been working 12 years. It should have been forgiven a long time ago, two whole years, the whole pandemic, but It is what it is right now. So you check whether or not you've made those payments. Yes, if you have, no, if you haven't quite yet. And then it will also ask you some additional information. And then it will allow you to print 
sign and submit a form that's produced based on the loans that have come in from the dashboard, as well as the information that you filled out by looking up your employer in the tool and whether or not you have made those qualifying repayments, you'll probably have to take that form to your employer to have them verify your employment status. Hopefully you have an employer that is available for that. Then we, we've heard that there's some delays sometimes. So don't wait after you hear this podcast and say, oh, I'll get to it sometime before October 31st. Your employer might be backed up on signing that paperwork because there's a lot of public servants that are trying to get this limited waiver submitted before the, the deadline of October 31st, 2022. And then it will also tell you that you might need to consolidate, right? If you have the family federal education loans or Perkins loans, those don't qualify. So they need to be consolidated into a direct loan and the tool will direct you to that consolidation application. So make sure that you're kind of reading through, you might have to read a couple times, bring a friend to help you read because it's a, it's a lot to get through, but it can help direct you where you need to go. And then when you fill out the consolidation app, be able to select the repayment plan that works best for your situation. And it will have a comparison of what the monthly payment will be and what the total amount paid for the entire consolidation loan, usually consolidation loans, extend payments for like 20, 25 years, depending on your situation. So you'll be able to see what works best based on your budget there as well, as well as how you can kind of think about how much anticipated loan forgiveness you might get after you finish making your payments if you haven't already made those 10 years of payments. And then that's kind of all the information that I have about the PSLF help tool. Well, and thank you, Andrea. One thing I really want to focus on is the ECF form or employment certification form. ECF is where you'll see it referred to a lot that Andrea mentioned. I have been getting a lot of questions. Where's the application for the waiver? Where's the application for this? Where's the application? There is no application. It's literally the employment certification form. There is not a different application you need to fill out. If you go through the PSLF help tool, you fill out the employment certification form at the end, that's it. I think people with the the word application, like that this is a waiver, people, it's understandable that people are looking for an actual waiver, right? Like something that says waiver on it. That is not the case. It is employment certification form or ECF. So Nikki, just to clarify, everything that I've seen when the form is created, it does say PSLF slash TEPSLF application at the top, but it might also say employment verification form somewhere. Yes, correct. I think people have contacted us looking for something that says PSLF application form. Okay. And that is not the case. It's basically what is produced from the help tool. Correct. It, it counts as both this, this application, so to speak, as well as the employment verification form. It's all rolled into one package. Yes. 
It's just one form. So if you go on there, I think what's been happening with some people that have contacted us is that they go to the federal student aid website, they type in, they search for PSLF application and what comes up is the employment certification form. And they're like, that's not an application. I think is where is where the confusion is. So I think that the the key points that we are trying to make is use the PSLF help tool, avoid searching or Googling or, you know, on even the federal aid website, just use the PSLF help tool. We're going to link it in the show notes like we we like to do, right? We're going to make it easy. It's going to be in the show notes. You could probably do it on your mobile device. You're listening to this podcast, you can just fill out the PSLF help tool. And just since there's this look back period, right? There's going to be people who maybe moved jobs. They're still, they were always in public service, right? But maybe they moved jobs. So even for me, I've always worked for the state. I haven't always worked for the state, but like within the state of Illinois, I have held different employers within the state. And so I actually would have to take, there will be different forms for each employer. You're going to need a signature for each employer of where you worked. That is the basis, basics of the PSLF waiver. Again, PSLF help tool is your friend. So now we're going to move into the second half of the Biden student loan announcement, which was the mass 10K or 20K loan cancellation. cancellation. So Andrea, go ahead and start us off. So in late August of 2022, the Biden administration announced a one-time student debt relief plan that included $10,000 broadly. And then if you had a Pell Grant, not a Fell loan, a Pell Grant, P-E-L-L grant, as a college student, you would qualify for up to $20,000 of forgiveness. At the time, there wasn't a lot of information provided about the specifics, but there since then, there's been some more information provided. For instance, if federal student aid does not already have your income information, it's a good idea to submit an application when it is available. The application for the cancellation from Biden will not be available until early October. Yes. So if you go and you try to search for it and anything comes up right now, it is a scam. Yeah, it is only federal student aid is the only place that you'll be able to get this form and it is not available yet. The reason why it is not available yet is because there are some legal things that have to happen legally. They have to like post stuff like this for 30 days. It's not just for it's like any law application stuff. So because of when it was announced 30 days from then would be like end of September and then it would be available early October. So you can, however, if you go to the Department of Education website, you can actually sign up for email updates. When you go to sign up, there's a new box. It says federal student loans, new. And if you check that box, you will then get an email notification when when the application is live. 
so you'll know. With this 10 versus 20K forgiveness, I'm just going to give you an example. So for the Pell loans, right? Pell's only given for an undergrad loan. but It's a grant, not a loan. It's a grant. I'm sorry. Not yes. a loan. Not a loan. If you received the Pell grant for your undergrad and you had to take out an, a loan alongside your grant because the grant didn't cover your entire expense. So you had an undergrad, you had a Pell grant, you had an undergrad loan, and then you decided to go to grad school. So you had to take out another loan. In the meantime, you paid off your undergrad loan. You should still be eligible for that 20K forgiveness with Pell if you were a Pell grant recipient. It doesn't matter what debt you have from where, when you received. If, if you have debt and you ever received a Pell grant, you should receive up to 20K. Now, why do we say up to? We say up to because they are not going to give you 20K. So if you have $15,000 left on your loan balance, they're going to forgive 15. You are not going to then get 5,000. Yes. So it's, it's up to what your balance is up to 20K. So I, as a was, Pell grant. I was in the situation. I got a Pell grant as an undergrad. I also had to take out loans as an undergrad. I also had to take out loans for my master's degree. I won't get any loan relief because I paid off my loans a long time ago. But if I did owe a balance, I would be eligible for up to up to that 20000 for whatever balance would be left. But I was privileged enough to be able to pay it off. That is the main point that we want to talk about regarding this mass can loan cancellation announcement is it should be 10k or 20k dependent on your situation that application will be ready by early October now he also announced that federal student loan payments the extension on the payment pause has been extended for one last time and guys, I got to tell you, I'm on calls with FSA. It really feels like this is the last time that it will be extended. So payments will start in January. If you want to make sure that you get the forgiveness before your payments start. So maybe maybe you have 9000 and you're like, I want that forgiveness because I don't want these payments to start because I'll be done. You will need to fill out that application as soon as it comes out. What we're hearing right now is that as long as you have that application filled out by November 15th, you should receive it in time before the payment in January. I would just recommend filling it out right away. As soon as it's available, sign up for those alerts on the website. We will link in the show notes about the debt relief announcement that has a link to signing up for those alerts. So when it is available, we should all get notifications. I even signed up for it, even though I don't have loans because I need to know. Right. I mean, I, me too. And I need to know for my role at yeah. IDFPR that like the application is now live. So definitely sign up for that. So another factor for the Biden loan cancellation in order to qualify for either the 10,000 or 20,000, depending on if you had Pell or not, is you also got to consider 
what your adjusted gross income is, your annual income. So the caps for this special one-time loan cancellation includes you as an individual can't make more than $125,000 or for married couples, you can't make more than $250,000. And the details on that will be included in the application. Cause like we said, that they need your income in order to verify if you qualify for the cancellation and that application again, won't be available until early October, but you want to make sure to complete it before November 15th in order to get that cancellation money if you qualify. Again, it depends on your loan balance and your income level, 125,000 if you are single, 250,000 if you are married. So just keep that in mind as you're completing stuff. There was another piece of Biden's loan announcement that we are not going to concentrate hard on today because there is not a lot of information. The only information is that there will be some sort of new income-driven repayment plan. And this new plan will, instead of on that income-driven repayment plan, instead of paying 10% per month of your discretionary income, you'll be paying 5%. So it should cut your payments down. And as long as you're paying it on time, interest will not accrue. However, we don't have any other details right now about when that plan is going to be available, how to sign up for that plan, anything like that. But just as an FYI, that is also something that was announced that is coming down the pipeline. I also wanted to just backtrack a little bit and say, if you aren't sure if you got a Pell Grant when you were in undergrad, you can check that on the FSA dashboard, the Federal Student Aid website. You log in with your information, you might have to sign up for a new FSA ID, but you should be able to log in and it will tell you what your grants were on one side of the dashboard and what your loans were on the other side of the dashboard. So that will help you identify whether or not you can expect 10,000 or 20,000, again, up to those amounts. And I would just really encourage if all of this is still very confusing because it is confusing, again, PSLF help tool, call your servicer, call FSA. They will be able to kind of walk you through individually what may be best for you. Just always keep in mind the four pillars of the PSLF program, right job, right number of payments, right loan, right payment plan. That kind of helps get it all situated. It's a good way to think of it. Four pillars, lots of qualifications. So I think We've wrapped up everything that we planned to talk about today. Summary, there's a deadline for the limited waiver for public service loan forgiveness. If you have worked in public service and have loans that may not have qualified or been in a repayment plan that did not qualify, you may need to take action immediately in order to get your information in by the October 31st deadline for the limited waiver. The next thing to pay attention to is in early October, the application for Biden's loan cancellation should be available and you should get it filled out as soon as you can, but definitely before November 15th, if you want to make sure that the cancellation goes through before repayment starts in January of 2023. 
So I think those are all the key deadlines. I think we've given you as much information as we have, as we can. We are not servicers. We are not federal student aid. We are just concerned public servants that want to provide as much information as we can. And as I said, it's totally normal to be confused. I am giving a series of PSLF waiver webinars that we will also put in the show notes. So if you're like me, that for something like this, I I really need to see and read as I'm listening. We go through this in the webinar and there's a time for questions after. So those will be in the show notes. You could sign up and hopefully it helps. I'm also working on a blog post that we'll put in the show notes as well that basically summarize what we talked today about. And then I'm also including some how to calculate your potential forgiveness steps, just in case you're a mathy person. You're like, I need to be as informed as possible. But thank you for joining us today. Hopefully we've helped shed a little bit of light on a very confusing few topics, all related to student loans. And feel free to share with a friend you know has loans. And again, if you're very confused, you are not alone. And please reach out for help, sign up for a webinar, call. It's totally understandable to be completely confused. But we got it. You'll get it. We will talk to you soon. I believe our next podcast is on entrepreneurship. Yes. So, and we'll have a special guest on. So that that will be our next podcast. So please join us then. And as always, share this podcast. Thanks, guys.